Transmitting high atop of Florida's peninsula at 108 feet. This is Alpha Mike, and you are listening to episode 157, De-Escalation versus De-Escalation. That's right. Not one, but two. And we're going to discuss both of them today. And a very hot topic in law enforcement and the reform of law enforcement or the reformist out there. Pay attention. Get your cardboard boxes and your crayons. Take some notes today. But before we get to that, we're going to talk a little bit about what we're going to be doing and some updates on on the news. Uh, We are going to start playing video feeds on YouTube of a very wise, wise man. His name is Thomas Swole, and he is a professor of economics, and he has been going out in the circuit uh, talking about an array of issues, but mostly about the stupidity of politics. And he's a part of the Hoover Institute, wrote many books, and he's probably in his 90s now. So we're going to be having our segments and um, posting those on social networks, our social networks, and uh, listen to him. Take some time and listen to him as he goes around debunking all these liberal lunatics because we know that liberalism is a mental disorder. Well, Professor Soul kind of proves it. And you can, you know, you can have opinions, global warming and this and that, but this is wisdom by the numbers. And that's what we're calling it, wisdom by the numbers. He reads data as an economic, based on economics, and um, we're going to share that. It's going to be rewarding to the audience. Thomas Wool. So look for that coming soon on all our social media networks. All right. Breonna Taylor. Okay, you probably know who she is by now because our media in the United States have made her a pop star. She is more popular than Coca-Cola. Lawyers are out there. The lawyers, the lawyers are out there suing. Everybody's screaming. The police killed this poor woman that was in the middle of reading scripture while a hail of bullets took her out. Regardless of the fact she lived with the drug dealer, regardless of the fact the boyfriend drug dealer shot at the cops, now, let me explain this real quick because we got a lot of things on the agenda. Shoot at the police. They're going to shoot back. All right, enough about that nonsense. Uh, the Attorney General in New York says that NYPD should stop making traffic stops. Another leftist-leaning George Soros puppet maniac proving beyond a shadow of a doubt that liberalism is a mental disorder. So police should stop doing their functions. We don't want to upset anybody. Incredible. Number three, Miami PD is starting up a program that lets cops and citizens that have complaints against them discuss the complaint. That's a little softer issue. So let's pick it up from the top here. Uh, In hopes of restoring strained relations between law enforcement and the public, Miami Police and its Civilian Oversight Panel have agreed to voluntarily 
voluntary mediation for officers receiving non-criminal complaints like discourteous or biased profiling. Consider it mediation light. Unlike regular mediation, which can offer results in stiff penalties, suspensions, or other discipline, these talks are likely to result in a written agreement, perhaps even a handshake or <laughs> a hug between the cops and the people who file the complaint against them. The goal, according to the agreement announced on Thursday outside City Hall, is that for the parties to listen to each other and understand what led to the complaint. And it goes on and on and uh, it talks of uh, some more gibberish by politicians. We're not going to even read that. The Fraternal Order of Police, President Tommy Reyes, says that the plan actually predates the social unrest that has rocketed the uh, country since George Floyd's death by about a year. Reyes said he was approached by the assistant CIP director, uh, Rodney Jacobs, in early 2019 with the plan, which closely models one that has worked well in New Orleans for the past five years. So uh, he goes on to say, it's a good idea, said Reyes, I will help the community understand us and us to understand them a little better. Now, of course, the goal of uh, the union is uh, make sure you get you guys off with no penalties. So that's why it's a great idea. And, civ and the civil review board, what they want to do is get as much dirt as possible and start documenting behaviors and profiling the officers so they can uh, ring them up later. So this is a, a standoff of the OK Corral uh, coming towards uh, a media a media outlet near you soon. All right, enough of that nonsense. Uh, all right, well, the community is winding down the nation. We're almost at, I think we are, uh, almost uh, 30, um, a little bit over th uh Maybe 33, 34, 35 days to election time. And some people say, well, you know, I'm going to vote for Biden. Some people are Trumpsters. Well, I've made up my mind um, about four years ago, and I'm going to vote on the same ticket. Now, like, I will quote somebody that told me there's no point in talking uh, to you about it because you've already made up your mind. And that's true. I have. And I make up my mind based on data and based on facts and legal facts, too. I just don't, I don't like his hair, so I'm not voting for him. I don't do that. But Biden is a goof. Now, he is portraying himself as being absent-minded and more goofier than he uh, is, and that's all being done by design. So don't let that garbage uh, fool you with the debates right around the corner. Or, or probably from the time you've heard this, the debates have happened already. But uh, it's, it's a little bit of a farce. But where he is a goof is he forgets a lot of things. And he's just low energy. He's just freaking low energy. Imagine this idiot as president. Well, he's not seeing anybody today. Sorry, you're going to have to cancel that conflict. All right, and speaking of conflict, we all know that it's important in the days like today to carry concealed weaponry. Being a carry concealed weapon holder is important for your safety, but it's only the beginning of your protection. Carrying a gun is something that the U.S. Constitution and the Second Amendment proudly bestows on 
good citizens of this country. And for that, we should be honored. But we have to know that we also have to protect our families very well. And the episode doesn't start from the time of the incident and end on that day of the incident. It's going to continue in the courtroom. And you're going to need protection in the form of the USCCA. I'm a member. This program is an affiliate of the USCCA. And the premiums that they have are as low as $22 up to $47. Pure peanuts on the dollar based on what you're going to face. I wish nobody had to go through this. But if you think for one second, one minute, the sick, psychotic, lunatic left does not have a sinister, diabolical plan to go after gun-toting Americans, something is severely wrong with you. So even though it's a good shoot, even though the sheriff or the chief of police in your municipality high-fives you and tells you, what a great shot, buddy, you're still going to face the liberal left, and you're going to need protection. USCCA, all you got to do is text at 87222-87222, the word Raider, R-A-I-D-E-R, 87222. The times are difficult because Scripture tells us they're difficult. They are the beginning of sorrows and the end is near. And with that being said, it's time for the word of the week. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. We took a little back step uh, last couple of uh, episodes. We've looked at episode um, uh, verses 10, 11, and 12, I believe. But I said, wait a minute. Let's go back to the beginning, to the foundation. And so it starts with a simple commandment. To learn more about what I've read, well, it's as easy as going to RaiderCopNation.com. There you'll see a section on the website that says test everything. Click on that and you will hear this verse explained to you in less than 15 minutes. It's important to train up on a lot of things, guns, tactical responses, situational awareness, everything you can imagine. But most importantly, training up spiritually in a very evil spiritual time that we're living today is paramount. So we encourage you. All right. Now, our main topic, de-escalation versus de-escalation. Two titles meaning different things, sound the same, spelled the same. And I wish they weren't the same, but they are. But today on this episode, 158, we're going to change one of their names and we're going to explain the journey we're about to take. So it's time to get the little small short bus and the clowns because you are about to hear de-escalation versus de-escalation, 158.
De-escalation versus de-escalation, episode 158. Now, a while back, probably about over a year ago, I did several episodes titled Crisis Intervention. And they basically are segments of training that I used to teach as a subject matter expert. And we're going to chalk this episode also on that block. When I first did those episodes, I said I was going to do the entire 40 hours. I'm not going to do a 40-hour podcast. Um, So we're breaking it down within the 40 hours as long as it takes. And, you know, I'm not going to make them one one behind the other, one behind the other. Some people are not really very interested in it. Some people are. So um, I'm going to attach down in the bottom of the show notes those other episodes. So if you want to continue. But this is going to be part of that crisis intervention. Now, there are two titles, as we said, de-escalation and de-escalation. They mean different things for different tactical subjects. And as a result, I wish that the industry did not title them the same. But it's been like a pissing contest for many years. We were here first. That's our name. That's not yours. You don't own it. That kind of thing. But not to make people very confused, we're going to try to break it down today. Now, de-escalation is a behavior intended to prevent escalation or a conflict. That's what the goal of de-escalation is on one side of the spectrum or according to Webster. Webster probably wrote that before he got into supporting the police or the Thin Blue Line support. Now, the second uh, or or the police definition of de-escalation is stopping or curtailing the force that's being executed. You start to de-escalate from that specific engagement of force at whatever level it was at. Now, other law enforcement officials use de-escalation when dealing with mentally ill. That specifically is a verbal de-escalation, not necessarily a physical one. It is a verbal one. Could also be based on body language as well, not necessarily uh, verbal, but most of the time verbal. Now, where they differ, both of these, one has violence, one is preventing or attempting to prevent the violence. Later on, we'll explain when it switches in the non-violent one, if it does switch. Now, there's also four signs, and they do a very good uh, training program. They put a scientific touch to police training, and they've been pushing realistic de-escalation. I've looked at it, and it's a one-day course, eight hours, but it is uh, very well put together. It is more police-orientated. They do have some uh, segments of the curriculum that are for mentally ill, so I could not really tell you how that is powerful enough, you know, based on the time that they're allowing Um to really get a full understanding of both subjects. Eight hours might not be enough. For some people, they might need 80 months and they still might not be enough. Get the point? All right, so in the realistic de-escalation, you have incident stabilization. So you want to stabilize the incident that you're coming upon. Now, that could either be violent or it could be an agitated situation, but nevertheless, It needs enforcement. That's why you're there. If you're wearing a badge and you have a uniform, 
you were called, you were summoned to that location because you need to stabilize that incident. Tactics are going to be used somehow. Some all using the word tactics. If you're a liberal, liberal, calm down, breathe nice and slow, breathe in, breathe out. Okay. When you use the word tactics, it's not usually all bad in dealing with guns. Sometimes tactics is in a non-violent position in dealing with somebody. It is other uh, another method that law enforcement uses. Decision-making, verbal and non-verbal communication skills, right? So you have verbal and non-verbal communication skills. When we get over to the CIT or the mental uh, aspect, I'll break that down because uh, uh, on the CIT, the nonverbal is spot on. So if I read it to you now, I'll try to define it now, you're going to get lost as we go down because you're going to start going into the thin blue line and you're going to get lost in there like the twilight zone. So pull you back because we need you right on the neutral line. Neither here nor there. Pay attention. Get that crayon moving on that box. All right, here we go. You also got to do the following in the realistic de-escalation for police. Risk assessment. Effective use of tactics. Maneuvering strategies. Scene containment. Development time management they also like to mention the seven T's which is time of threat travel, thought, tactics talks and training and I've looked at their approach and how they're doing things I'm I'm saying it's, it's pretty good I'm not knocking it. I'm not here to kick it in the shins. Anything that's kind of new is well welcome in the industry where police, anti-police groups are screaming to the top of their lungs that they want more de-escalation in the nonverbal sense. And so for science is providing... Uh, their idea of the realistic de-escalation. So, not knocking it, but we're going to go on. Now, when we look at the crisis intervention aspect of it, uh, there's a, a couple of things that needs to be done, and then one of them is you've got to de-escalate the disruption or the st- oh, stabilize the state that you are entering. What the hell did I just say? When you're dealing with someone that's mentally ill, you're entering a scene in law enforcement terms, but you're also entering an environment that belongs to the mentally ill person. If they're delusional, they're in that setting. You're in the realistic setting. I got that for science take on that one. But at some point, we have to kind of understand that we're going to enter a fictional setting that's in the mind of this mentally ill person. All right. CIT officers' goals specialize in a violent Prevention. That's the goal of a CIT officer. Not necessarily to administer the force, but to do everything possible that that is a peaceful solution. Now, normally, mentally ill people are not aggressive by nature. In other words, you... Look, he's crazy. Run for your life because they're going to attack you. 
Some crazy people just talk to themselves and they're perfectly happy. <laughs> but sometimes they're in psychotic states. They actually believe what they're seeing and hallucinating. And it could be you're a dragon of some type. So they want to fight you. But that's not really, um, let's just say, like for science says, realistic. But it does happen every so often. So you have to understand that the CIT officer's goal is a non-violent process. Uh, a special set of skills is needed to have that situation, officer and mentally ill person, mutually understand bringing that to a peaceful ending. The problem, having both parties mutually understanding. Now, sometimes the understanding doesn't come from the law enforcement part. And most of the time, it has a little difficulty with the mentally ill person because it depends what radio they're on, AM or FM. So depending on the radio station that they're listening to, you might not be tuning in too well. So as a result, it uh, to have uh, that skill set and have mutual parties understand, it is a huge undertaking. Now here's some of the skill sets you're going to need in CIT de-escalation or verbal de-escalation, like I'm going to call it from now on. Active listening, the I statement. Now, what do you think the I statement is? Now, you're going to be very careful when you answer this because all of a sudden you could be thrusted forward into the twilight zone. Listen, imagine if you will, you walk upon a scene, there's a crazy person in front of you, it appears he has mustard on his head. He's babbling something. You slowly start to approach him and ask him if he's okay. And he mumbles something a little bit incoherent. You're not sure what he says, but you respond, I understand. And... The crazy person looks at you and says, Are you sure you understand? You're about to enter the world of the mentally ill. So the I statement is one of those statements you want to stay far, very far away from. You don't want anything to do with I. I understand. You don't want to say that. Because you'll enter the twilight zone. So you don't want to go there. The other thing that we want to do during a de-escalation verb of verbal de-escalation event with the mentally ill is allow for silence during the conversation. It's important when you allow for silence, clarifying the message as you're communicating with the person, become non-judgmental and focus on the individual's feelings. We're going to explain that. Now, when I want to clarify a message, let's start off with something very easy. I'm not going to call this guy, uh, you know, let's say uh, uh, a nickname. He's short, so I'll call him Shorty. Hey, Shorty, because... He might have been traumatized by that term his whole life. So I'm going to start my verbal de-escalation in CIT with, what's your name? Simple as that. It's almost human, isn't it? And then he'll respond, my name is, ta-da. And then you're going to call him, ta-da, from here on out. Because that's what he told you it is. So you're slowly 
coming to mutual understandings. So see how that works? Are we bonding here today? Get that crayon on that box and start writing. Okay. As we continue to move forward. You want to become non-judgmental. Now, we're going to break down a little bit later the percentage between verbal communication and non-spoken words communication or body language. There's a big difference between the two. But when we want to avoid becoming non-judgmental, you know, you don't want to walk up to the scene and go, what are you, crazy? That's not going to probably go very well. And you also want to avoid making faces some people make faces and don't even know they're making them okay as the top part of their of their face starts to cringe or their lips start bonding together and or their nose curls up and uh, or they have their arms folded in front of them these are all body language signs that the mentally ill would, might not understand, especially the schizophrenic, because the schizophrenic might say, why is he looking at me like that? And then you have a bigger problem than the one you have already. So non-judgmental. And focus on feeling. If the individual is telling you something that just happened, you want to focus on it, okay? You don't want to dismiss it, and you want, well, I need you to do this for me. I need you to do that. I want you to calm down. You don't want to do all that crap. You want to focus on the feeling, what he just told you. Another thing is, a little side note on the cardboard box with the crayon. Never tell a mentally ill person, calm down. You might not believe this. Take this note. They don't know. That they're acting bizarre. So it's kind of hard to act calm when you think you are, even though you may not be. So you don't want to use terms like calm down, take it easy, relax. Not good words. Focus on feeling. What feeling? What he just told you. Let's move along. Got to know your limits. You can only be you stupid so long before it's time for you to get out of that verbal de-escalation. You don't want to move any. Uh, you don't want to move in any farther because you're not very good at it at this point. Team approach. How many de-escalation officers do you need in an event? One. That's it. One person does the talking. Can you imagine? Shut up. Sit down. Let me see your hands. Take your hands out of your body. Everybody at the same time. One person. But everybody else is coordinating the orchestra tactically. Remember all the things that four signs had in the backgrounds that they were talking about there? Decision making and and, 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 and all, all the risk management, the strategies and uh, scene containment and deployment and time management. Well, that's what the other people are going to be doing. But one person is doing the verbal de-escalation. Know your limits. And it's a team approach. And after the event, good, bad, or indifferent, you need to debrief. If you don't debrief as a team, then you're not going to know how good you are at this. Maybe it's a skill set you don't really care about. All right, well, it's up to you. But if it is, you need to perfect your craft. And the only way you can do that is by discussing what went right and what went wrong. Okay? Let's say in the team approach, there's somebody on the team that their agitation was a little bit above and beyond. They 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 were they beat the uh, mentally ill person. Yeah, sure did. So you want to discuss it with that individual. All right, communication is uh, passing information between two people which mutually understood. Remember, here's that mutual underst understanding thing again. Now, remember I told you I'd break down 
what communication and the percentages are. Here you go. Ready? Get that crayon moving, buddy. Get it on that box. 7% of communication is verbal. 93% of communication is non-verbal or body language. Bam. How do you like it now, huh? So imagine that you're a schizophrenic. You're watching every little move, everything. Everything to a schizophrenic means something. <laughs> All right. Verbal de-escalation. Raise, raise voice, pacing, rapid speech, cursing, clenching their fists. If you see these signs from that person, your de-escalation, verbal de-escalation event sucks. You need to know your limits. Here's a couple of don'ts that you shouldn't be doing. Don't have multiple de-escalation officers. Don't approach a subject without a plan. Don't set unrealistic goals for the event. Don't prolong things you can't keep. And don't rush a de-escalation event. Even if your supervisor is in a hurry. Why? Because it's the difference between peaceful and violent. Because when you want to go, the bad guy or the crazy guy may not want to go. You have to have a full plan. First of all, if somebody calls in that there's a person acting bizarre, as a law enforcement officer arriving to the scene, the first thing you have to do is assess the scene to see if, in fact, they are bizarre. Now, if you see those signs... Now you have to do a little tactical approach. You know, is it is he violent? Is is, is it a volatile situation? Are there children in the way? You know, whatever environment you're in, tactically, in your mind, you've got to get that ready too. Is there a potential for harm? Are there potential weapons lying around and so forth? So, you can't really rush these things. Sometimes they take time. Now, this is something that's going to be newsworthy, what I'm about to say. So, I need you to get real close to the speaker so you can hear it. The secret element to de-escalation and verbal is this. You become a human. Yep. Just like a human being. You talk to the bad guy just like you would talk to your best friend. That's it. It's that easy. You don't have to puff out your chest. You don't have to finger point at him. You don't have to tell him, don't come any closer. You don't have to do all that. Just talk to him like a human being. And you might get somewhere. Now, of course, there at one point, the CIT verbal de-escalation that is non-violent may have a potential of turning violent. Now, as a question to the class, when will that happen? A, when it's time to go to lunch. B, when the bad guy decides it's time. C, when everybody on the team synchronized their watch, their watches and they all sound at the same time. Or D, when Santa Claus finally comes to your house. Well, it's when the bad guy decides. That's the answer, B. That's right. Everybody that has a uniform and a badge is going to move on the dynamics of the bad guy. You talk, we talk. You're nice, we nice. You shoot at us, we shoot at your back. See how that goes? It's 
not too difficult. But we're going to try our best to talk to you like a human. My granddaughter, my little granddaughter says, we're driving by a construction site by where I live, and she sees all these bulldozers and heavy equipment going back and forth, and she looks out the window of the truck and she says, what are the humans doing? She calls adults humans. And you want to talk like a human. Okay? Very important. So, what have we learned here today in de-escalation? Well, we've learned a variety of things. Active listening, right? You want to listen. You want to do less talking, more listening, picking upon key things. You don't want to interject things that would not discuss. You want the subject to give you their name. You want to use only that name. You want to get away from the I statement because that can get you in a world of trouble. If the individual says, I'm hearing voices and the voices are telling me to hurt myself, don't come up with this freaking stupidity by saying, I understand. You don't understand, knucklehead, because if you, if you have the same voice in your head and you're in a uniform, that's a problem. So you want to avoid saying, I understand. What you want to say is, well, I, I can imagine that that's very scary. That's never happened to me. But I'm here to help you. I want to I want to try to help you because I can only imagine that's very scary. See how that works here? So you bonded together. You spoke to him like a human. You told him, I un kind of understand you're going through a scary experience. Never happened to me. So I really don't understand. But I know you're going through something. See? Like, like intelligent people. This has nothing to do with college professors, by the way. All right. So we've learned all those things. And then on the, the police aspect of it, it's a little bit more different. Oh, you say, what, what do you mean police? police? What I'm talking about is force science, what they're doing. They're doing a more police tactical approach type of thing. They're trying. They're, so, okay. To break it down, theirs is a little bit more police orientated, a little less on mentally ill CIT. What I discuss is more CIT, and the police stuff is there. So the police training that an individual received is paramount on any scene. We're not going to sit down, sip coffee to a potential threat. But you have to continue doing all the training that you received in your career, you know, body positioning and everything else. But you were never trained on a couple of things such as puff up your chest, act a super macho, a scream at people. You want to be human because human will help you if you talk like one. And you don't want other people to think, oh, my God, the, the officers, he's out of control. He's having a crisis when you're the one there trying to de-escalate. So you're the one that should be calm, but you're not. That's what you want to avoid. So when we look at this, a lot of this stuff looks easy. And it, it translates easy. Some people are probably listening to the episode saying, I, I can do that. Up until the moment that you see the guy with the mustard on his head. The bell rings. The game's on. Showtime, baby. And you've got to have the answers. Expressions, remember. Non-judgmental. You don't want to... That includes your body posture and face gestures. They can tell a story. 
You don't want to be judgmental. So I think we've learned a lot. I think we've learned that uh, policing is not for everybody. I think we learned that some people say, no, 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 I'll do all that. I ain't working no crazy folk. And in policing, you have to work with crazy folks and the public too. A little drum roll there. So this is de-escalation versus de-escalation. Two different terms. One is nonviolent verbal aspect. And I, I, I don't like when they say it's verbal because de-escalate, I just gave you the statistical background. 7% is verbal in communication, 93% non-spoken words. So if it's just a verbal de-escalation, imagine what, 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 what happens to the other 93%. What, UFO it flies them away or something? So even the word verbal is not uh, totally correct. It's not my language, by the way. I picked it up in uh, some of the research we did. But uh, CIT, crisis intervention, de-escalation, is probably more appropriate. But whatever term you use and your agency uses, you want to distinguish them in report writing. Don't want to say you de-escalated the subject and uh, he peacefully went with you, blah, blah, blah. You want to spell out which one of the two de-escalations you're using because a lawyer, a lawyer, one of the tricksters, one of the, the smart guys in public defending could twist that to their advantage for their client and uh, probably start asking people, you know, de-escalation and not everybody might be at the same level or of the same understanding. So it's just adding a word, CIT de-escalation, crisis intervention de-escalation. I would get away from the verbal thing because, eh, like I told you, 93% would be missing there, wouldn't it? So you get a smart lawyer and they, uh, you know, the lawyers, the lawyers, they're going to get you. They are going to get you, the lawyers. So de-escalation. There are two. Know which one you're using. Title it accordingly and go for it. Training is everything. And uh, I'm a firm believer in what Force Science is doing. I think the CIT police model from 1988 from Memphis, Tennessee has been beat up to death like a dead mule. And uh, it's time to start rethinking certain aspects of that. And uh, the industry is not going to budge. This is what we do. We've done this for 32 years and we're not going to change now because you say so. But there is um, some crazy people out there that uh, don't show you they're crazy right away. That's all I'm saying. All right, song of the week, Bobby Darren. I'm being, I'm beginning to see the light, boy. I'm beginning to see the. How appropriate was that? Up next, we're gonna go into guns, guns, guns. Kilo Sierra is ecstatic. We're gonna have him. He's up on the on deck circle, and we're gonna be doing subcompact Glocks, specifically the 26. 27 and a 30. Now, there might be one or two of you out there listening that just say, What the hell does that mean? Those are the model numbers to the Glock. The 26 is the 9 millimeter, the 27 is a 40 millimeter, and the 30 is a 45 caliber. And we're going to discuss those three models. With Kilo Sierra. And remember, folks, remember, gather around. Remember, we discussed that when Kilo Sierra comes on the show, 
hasn't been with us in a couple of months. Coronavirus. That's that. Uh, we're going to use that excuse. What the hell? Everybody else is. So uh, we did our social distancing. Yeah. Uh-huh. And we wore our mask and everybody was safe. And uh, I basically had no um, calls. So Kilo Sierra reached out to me and said, hey, buddy, hey, still got the same number. So we're going to call him. He can't wait to get back on. But when he gets back on, it's a little secret, just us. We got to ask him, hey, what's up with the blog? Huh? 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 All right. As always, it is my honor and pleasure to be your host on Riddick Hub Podcast. Continue to pray for yourself. Because without you in the game, we have nothing. Continue to pray for your family. Continue to pray for your community. Continue to pray for the law enforcement agencies that serve you. And most importantly, continue to pray for the United States of America. This is Alpha Mike, and I'm out. And guide her. Through the night with a light from above From the mountains to the prairies To the oceans white with foam God bless America, my home